Peter Mullen. Good afternoon. Talking about an area that doesn't really get talked about that much and a topic, constipation. That's it, Dave. It's a it's a it's an important topic, you know, for all of us, and particularly from a naturopathic point of view, we look at a lot of gut issues, and it can affect as um, many as one in five people over thirty, and um, I'm seeing an increasing number of um, young young people and children as well. So a lot of children that I see in practice, particularly kids that have issues like um, allergies, such as eczema. Um, kids with learning and behavioural problems, you know, even conditions like autism, often tend to have um, um, what's called faecal impaction or, or, or sluggish bowels. Mm-hmm. And we call them, um, well, they're, they're called sneaky poos. So it's kids that get like um, skid marks on their undies a lot where, and, and sometimes these kids will present as having diarrhoea, but there's basically, the, but there's still blockage in their bowel. Their bowel's mm-hmm. not clearing properly. Mm-hmm. And you know, and it seems to be an issue that they're they're coming into the world with, um, and dietary stuff makes a big difference with helping. But these kids, you know, so it's interesting they can present as having constipation, but they actually have constipation. They can yeah. present as having diarrhea, but they actually have constipation. So it begs the question: What's normal? Well, normal, Dave, is I think in adults um, or medically, it's less than three um, boom, bowel movements per week. So three a week's considered. You know, normal. Sorry, not less than naturopathically. I think we should be using our bowels at least one to up to three times a day. You know, ideally after every meal, mm-hmm. we should be having a bowel motion. Right. But just before we get onto the the bowel, like one of the one of the issues when we think about the digestive tract is your digestive tract is eighteen to twenty eight feet long, and you know the whole process starts with and it's connected. There's more nerves associated with our gut that there is in the brain and the central nervous system. So it's a really highly nerve-orientated um, area. Uh, there's more messages go from our gut to the brain than there is from the brain to our gut. So mm-hmm. that's why us naturopaths call the gut the second second brain. But one of the um, – so constipation I sort of see as a type of irritable bowel, if that makes sense. People yeah. think irritable bowels, variation, diarrhea, constipation. But sluggish constipation, chronic constipation is a tremendously irritated bowel. It's so uncomfortable, the the pains in the stomach, you know? Pains in the stomach, the brain fog, Mm. the depression and anxiety or the mood disorders that tend to go with it as well. It's quite For people that have irregular bowels, I don't know how unwell Mm. a sluggish bowel can be. But just just before we get on to the bowel, like one of the best tips I tell my patients, like the gut is very much under the effects of stress. So Every patient I see, I talk about, you know, it's really important when you're eating food to make sure you chew well and eat slowly. You know, our food should be chewed, you know, up to 30 times until it's a paste, basically, and then swallowed down. Chewing your food well, eating slowly, is if you've got chronic constipation, is one of the best ways to start to help gently re-regulate your whole gut because when you chew well and eat slowly, it stimulates all of your digestive secretions, your stomach acid. Now, if you don't produce enough stomach acid, you don't turn on the next stage of your digestion, which is the pancreas and also the gallbladder, which releases bile. Now, a lot of people, as they get older at 50, it's normal to have half the stomach acid you had when you were 20. If someone's on chronic antacid medications, if you destroy or lower the level of acid in your stomach, you don't trigger off the whole rest of your digestive process, you won't clear your bowel well. Because bile, we need to, to build up a good load of bile and we need to release that bile when we have fatty foods or rich foods. And bile is what acts as a natural laxative. It's what mm. gives poo that, you know, poo brown color. And if you're, so if you don't have enough acid, then you're not going to be getting the signals going through. You're not going to get a good release of bile. There's no way you're going to clear the bowel properly. A lot of people sort of think about, 
you know, constipation is all about. We need to eat more fiber and you need to eat more, you know, oat bran or wheat yeah. bran or whatever. But honestly, it's more about re-regulating the digestive enzymes, which again will be impacted, will have an impact upon the peristaltic action is how we gently go about restoring that function. Now, one of the, um, um, everyone's familiar with taste and you know, you know, did you know with taste, we've got, um, uh, sweet, sour, salty, bitter, and what's called savory or umami receptors mm. on our tongue. Yes. And it's the bitter receptors that really play a big role in turning on this whole whole gut gut function. Now, how the bitters work. So bitters are things like um, coffee is a bitter. Right. So people often will have a cough, cup of coffee and it will help to clear their bowel. Uh, dark chocolate, for those that love chocolate, but it's got to be the 80%. Um, uh, turmeric, um, dandelion, uh, rocket. You know those, and we've lost that. We've lost that. Um, yeah, we've lost that. We've lost that bitter, bitter appreciation in our taste buds. Everyone's going for sweet, salty, and fat yeah. because that's what the companies that produce junk food want us to hook into. So, mm. if you give kids bitter something bitter to eat, they won't eat it. But the benefits of bitters bitters um, help us to absorb nutrients. They help us to detoxify from a, a liver point of view. Um, the foods that contain the bitters are packed with vitamins and minerals, and they actually help to reduce sugar cravings. And interestingly, these bitters, and we'll talk about them more after this next section, but these bitters, with the, with the thought that these bitter receptors were only on your tongue, but we have bitter receptors right throughout the whole digestive tract, okay. even in other organs and tissues. So our body responds chemically to these bitters, whether we taste it in the mouth or whether we're just eating these foods. Bitter receptors are everywhere. They're not just on our tongue. They're in our thymus, our kidney, our thyroid, our heart muscle, our lungs, um, men's testes. Why we'd have bitter receptors there, I have no idea. Um, immune cells, bone marrow, and also in our urinary tract as well. So when we have um, bitter foods, all of these receptors get triggered. So the bitters have a phenomenal effect on... So it's interesting, isn't it? Like that, yeah. that, that you know, bitters initially... We have the bitter taste because it helped us when we were traditional hunter-gatherers to determine whether foods were safe to eat. If a food was really bitter, then we'd think it was poisonous and not edible. But um, we actually really need to get back to stimulating that bitter taste. So an age-old remedy that is awesome is um, Swedish bitters. Have you heard of that before? No, I haven't heard of that. It's, it's an old remedy. It's been yeah. around in health food stores for years. And um, we make up a very similar herb mix containing herbs like gentian. Um, feverfew, wormwood. So these are our traditional andrographis. These are our traditional bitter herbs. So if someone's got constipation, often we'll start with a herb mix that contains these bitters that they have, you know, say one meal in a, in a little bit of water 15 minutes before they eat. You want to turn on those digestive functions and really get the gut and the bowel or yeah. the stomach and the pancreas and the gallbladder all ready to start to help with that peristaltic action. So... Bitters, bitters definitely are part of what I would recommend. Other common causes for constipation? Um, poor diet is yeah. one of the most common causes of constipation, um, not eating enough fiber. So one of my favorite fibers for the bowel is um, psyllium husk, if people can tolerate it. Um, now, there's another product on the market. starts with M, ends with Edamucil. And um, it's it's contains psyllium, but it's got lots of sugar and additives and stuff so you're better off to get the straight psyllium husk um, and the dosage for that varies with person to person but and you can mix it in your, your 
rolled oats of a morning. You can have it in a glass of water before you go to bed of a night time. And what you want to do is increase the dosage until you're getting a good bowel motion and then cut it back um, to get to a point where it's yeah. just working well yeah. for you every day. So fiber is important. So dehydration, not drinking enough water, you know, is a popular, yeah. Yeah. popular topic on this, this show. Um, more common in women than in men. Um, constipation and, and IBS sort of stuff does tend to run in families as well. So you can thank your parents. Uh, low thyroid function. So one of the signs that your thyroid might be under-functioning is mm. if you've had regular bowel motions for years and all of a sudden or over a period of time you start to notice that you're getting more constipated, that can be a sign of actual actually that your thyroid's under-functioning. Um, Laxative abuse. Let's talk about that for a moment because yeah. if, if you are bound up and you're having trouble, yes. you turn to laxatives, don't yes. we? Yes. Are there natural laxatives that yes. we should be looking at rather yeah, than going to absolutely. There's much better things. Like the, a lot of the, the commercial laxatives that you get that have been around for a long time um, do cause a rebound. They cause a dependency in the gut and they work by irritating the gut wall mm. and they actually can thin the gut wall and blacken the gut wall as well. So those commercial laxatives that people take for years and years and years really do more harm than good. The ideal type of laxative, if someone is, because like say, say if you came to see me, Dave, Yes. Um, I, won't, I don't need to ask you about your bowel habits on national no, radio, do I? I don't mind. Go on. <laughs> do you go to the toilet every day? Use I your do. bowels every day? I do. Do you ever get constipated or diarrhea? Sometimes. Not a lot. A bit sluggish sometimes? I'm pretty, pretty constant. Constant. Yeah, Constant is good. good. Yeah. So that's a good indication that your whole digestive process is working Some well. say I'm full of it, really. <laughs> so that's people close to me would, would, would say that. Well, maybe I've got, a suggestion, I've got a suggestion for you if you are full of it. So what, um, what often happens, people have had chronic constipation get so backed up that the peristaltic action in their whole gut actually stops. Oh. So it's crazy stuff. Yeah. And for those people, they need to do a bit of a purge or a bit of a clear out and then use herbs and um, good fibers and some dietary change to actually re, re-challenge the gut to actually start to work properly again. So rather than use a laxative which um, causes damage to the gut wall, I often will recommend um, a bit of a purge with something like Epsom salts. Yes. Um, we use a, a Old product. remedy there. Yeah. yeah, old remedy. And Epsom salts, some of the sulf, uh, magnesium powders. We've got a great mm. magnesium powder we use at work. And what these magnesium powders do is you sort of, again, you've got to increase the dosage gradually, nightly before you go to bed until you start to get a good motion every day. And then you want to wean back and find a level that you're still having good motion but it's still clearing out while you work on diet and other and, and herbs and things to really retrain that peristaltic action. But um, one of the challenges or, or one of the reasons that things like the Epsom salts and the, these magnesium products work is that they actually pull water into the bowel. So they're called hydrophilic. So they'll actually flush the bowel out from the inside out, and that's what gives you the better clearance than using the laxatives, a bit like you know kicking a dead dog. So while you're taking the laxative and it's helping with this problem that you're having, is yes. the, it, can it be doing damage to other parts of you? Uh, well, look, anything that causes irritation or inflammation to your gut, like then you can look at things like leaky gut, and we've talked about that with you know what can. So anything that irritates the gut wall yeah. can cause increased inflammation and leakiness. So uh, we we so you really need if you've got chronic constipation problems, yes, you need to get the bowel clearing properly every day because if your bowel doesn't clear every day, you recirculate or re reabsorb a lot of toxins. Mm. Cholesterol gets reabsorbed back through the gut wall. Um, hormones get reabsorbed back through the gut wall. 
you know, greater risk of leaky gut, greater risk of things like um, parasites, yeast. So it really is a serious health condition. Peter, are there some foods that are known to do this to you, to give you constipation? Absolutely. You are going to give us some help now, and you're pointing us in the right direction, as you normally do. <laughs> I like that. You know, I like to think that you know, while I might have the, um, the gory details, that I may have some actual good solutions yes. as well. So just before we touch on that, a couple of other things that can, can contribute to, leak, to um, chronic constipation, um, hormonal problems. Yes. You know, a lot of women, particularly women, their digestive tract will change when they go through menopause. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, so lack of estrogen. Um, also, for younger women, estrogen dominance, too much estrogen. Um, stress and anxiety, as we've talked about before, is a massive um, problem these days. And, you know, not having enough magnesium in your system as well. So these can all be reasons. But often often there is a big family family history or family predisposition yeah, yeah. For, for gut gut issues. So... There's, there's, so the idea, initially, you want to try and work out what the problem is. That's the challenge. Um, and there's a range of natural medicines that can really help. But again, you've got to work out where, where it's come from, how long it's been happening. Certain foods do tend to be to make constipation worse right. for a lot of people. Yes. Um, for me, a big one is um, too much bread, right. particularly white bread. Mm-hmm. White death, I say, white, like white bread, white milk. White sugar, they're all nutrient-deficient foods in lots of ways. But white bread particularly, if you imagine eating a big ball of, like bread's like a big ball of dough in your stomach. So um, for some people, white bread's going to be no good. Um, or your junk food or your processed food where there's no fiber involved. Yeah. For some people, eating too much red meat. You know, it takes a fair amount of effort to digest red meat properly. Right. and. Right. One of the one of the issues, like I have patients ask me all the time, you know, should I be a vegetarian? Is vegetarianism better than being a meat eater? And my comment always comes back to what's called your transit time. And this is where a lot of people can have issues with their bowel without knowing it. If you eat meat for dinner tonight, I really believe that if you use your bowels then tomorrow morning, you should be getting rid of that meat residue. So that's 12 hours. Okay. If you don't use your bowels then to the following day... That's another 24 hours. That meat residue has been in your digestive tract, fermenting, breaking down or not, releasing toxins for 36 hours. Mm. So this is where transit time is so important. So a great test if people want to check their transit time is tonight have some corn on the cob. You know, steam some yeah. corn up, have some corn on the cob. Now, corn kernels don't digest they don't break down so we see them in our poo the next next morning so the idea is if you have corn on the cob tonight and you might do this as a test dave and let Mm. me know next let the listeners know next time i want to know when you first see the corn is Mm. it first thing the next morning or is it knocks to the day after so we want to know when you first see it and when you last see it Mm. now i had someone last week that first saw it three days after they used their bowels and still saw a bit seven days later Mm. So that's a lot of toxicity staying in that person's gut that, you know, is going to contribute to their health concerns. So that's not a bad trick. And, you know, some people think their bowels work well. Like I've had a lady recently and she said that she uses a bowels probably once or twice a week and, and doctor's quite happy with that. Mm. But um, I said, well, it's not, not great if you're, you know, going to be absorbing that toxicity all the time. So you're talking about possible 12-hour window there. 12 to 18 hours. What about if you've had something, you've gone out for dinner or for lunch and then, and it's gone the wrong way and it's food sickness that's hit you yeah that can be what three or four hours later yeah 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 if you can if you if you go out and eat something and there's some some food poisoning involved 
um, you'll get it within, you know, two to three to four hours. Yeah. And you kind of want that. Like if you've got a gut bug and people will come in and say, I've got a gut bug, what do I need? What do I take? And I say, well, you kind of, for the most part, you know, keeping clear of dehydration, keeping aware of dehydration, you kind of want to let the body get rid of it as much as it can. Same with food poisoning. You want to make sure you don't get dehydrated, but you really want to let it run its course unless mm. you're really starting to get run down with the, with the vomiting. So a couple of tips. Um, as I said, some um, doing a bit of a colon cleanse and you know things like aloe vera juice can also be beneficial as well. So that's using one of the magnesium powders right. um, and or Epsom salts. Um, increasing your, fo- but again, the challenge is with using anything to clear your bowel. There's always a rebound. So if you get a good motion tomorrow, or you take something and it clears your bowel out, if you don't keep taking that and wean yourself back off it, the next day you'll have a rebound constipation. So it can do your head in a bit. It's really worthwhile um, if you're having a problem to seek some support and get someone to help you through this process. Yep, yep. Because again, far-reaching consequences. Increasing your fiber. Ideally, a combination of soluble and insoluble. So psyllium husk, um, ground flax seeds are great. You know, you can buy bags of yep, yep. organic flax seed whole and then you blend it up in your blender and you keep enough in a Tupperware t- containers to last a week because once you crush them, they can become oxidized. So you don't want to buy the already ground up flax seeds. You want to grind them yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, adding, you know, one to two tablespoons of them a day. Chia seeds I particularly love, but you've got to soak them first. Yeah because then that brings out the mucilaginous. Increasing the plant matter in your diet, drinking your two liters of water. Um, you know, try squatting. You know, really, you know, cultures in the world where, you know, they have good movement, like they, they don't sit on the toilet to go to the toilet. They mm. have a stool and they sort of squat or over a hole in the ground. So alternatively, you can dig a hole in the backyard if you want to yeah. practice that or get a stool and actually, but again, don't fall off the school and bang your head and end up with more issues. You don't want to be found unconscious on the toilet floor. No. Uh, And exercise, um, obviously, is critical. Taking a good quality probiotic to ensure the flora in your gut is balanced. And, you know, listen to your body. You know, make sure you go to the toilet when when your body tells you to go, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so some great tips there. Now, what about uh, every week you seem to have a blog on your website, uh, mullenhealth.com.au. Do you have one there for today? Yeah, we do, actually. We've got a really good blog on, you know, helping people... Um, deal with constipation and gut issues. So, yeah, people are more than welcome to get online and have a look at that blog. Okay, and that is at mullenhealth.com.au. Now, what about a talk tonight? Do you have one tonight? Not tonight, but next week we have our um, gut health, interestingly, so right on topic. Um, And Kate, one of our naturopaths, is going to be doing a fermenting demonstration that went down great guns last time where she'll actually show the people in the audience how to make um, sauerkraut, coconut yogurt, and uh, um, a beetroot drink that the name escapes me, but it's a fermented beetroot drink okay. as well. So, And there'll be samples on the night, so it'll be a great night to come along. Okay, great. And anything you speak about today, if people would like more details, what phone number can we call there? Uh, they can call um, 4961-4075 um, or get on the website, and that's got details about the talk as well. As I mentioned, it's mullenhealth.com.au. Thank you again for today. Thank you, Dave.